This is Behold, a VBC podcast. Our goal is to examine biblical truth that will better equip you to behold the glory of the Lord more fully in your daily life. I'm your host this week, Sean Helch, and I'm joined by Dan Gillette and Jason Moog. Each of us serve in different roles as pastors at Valley Bible Church. And without further ado, here is the Behold podcast. Hey guys, welcome back to Behold. Um, This is Sean and Dan's here, and we have a return guest here, Jason Moog, the one and only. Everybody. Yeah, Thanks for having me back, guys. in the house. Should Should I take my return this week as we had good chemistry last time? Oh, for how, sure. how was it? How was our chemistry? Oh, I, th- I thought it was real nice. I had a great time. I feel like I feel good because I, I expected it because we've had some history. We've had some major. Both of us have seen. I mean, the three of us have been there for some major life markers. I feel like we need to work on our hand signals though, because for, for those of you that don't know, <laughs> Jason and I are, are both uh, in the studio at the church yep. here, separated by glass, so we're social distancing each other, but we can see each other. And Sean's at home. We can see him on the video. And and last week, I was trying to give Jason a signal to get closer to the mic by putting my two hands together. And I kept thinking he was, he was telling me to get close to the mic, and I kept thinking he was saying, shorten what you're saying. (laughs) Because he was moving his hands together. So I kept cutting my, what, my sentences off early, thinking he was saying, you're going too long, man. (laughs) (laughs) No, if if you were going too long, I would just throw something at you. Yeah. yeah. Or Sean would cut it. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. So anyway, no, thanks. And Sean, I'm looking at Sean. I'm in the other side of the studio thing, and I'm, but I'm looking at Sean in my little monitor. And Sean, you are looking dapper. Sean has uh, you got you got your haircut. How did you, how get, is that possible? Well, that's the perks of being married to your barber. Uh, Quarantine you're married is to my okay. <laughs> no, no. I think what he's saying is Patty can okay. cut hair because I could have gotten real weird. Yeah, that, that is nice. That is nice, Sean. You're looking you're looking smooth, man. Well, you're thank you. I, w- I got some. Crazy stuff going on here. My hair is getting so long. I'm just going to let mine go wild. Yeah. I'm not even going to even try. The corona look. Yeah. Hey, so I got a quick funny story, or I, or I think a cute story. Lay it on. You know, the Moogs, I don't know if you people listening know this, but everybody does, but the Moogs, my family, we live above a bookstore on Main Street, Three, actually above three shops on Main Street. We have a little like flat apartment that's there. And people will drive by all the time and honk, or sometimes they throw little pebbles, toss little pebbles at our window. We say hi. And yesterday, we got a honk, several honks, peeked out the window, and Daryl and Tanya Smith are standing there. Daryl's in like a full gray suit and clean shaven, except he's rocking a, a bushy mustache like he did in the 1980s. Dude, and those then, are coming back. Right. And then uh, Tanya is in her full wedding gown. Fully, standing standing on Main Street on the streets, and they're waving. To, she's holding, holding flowers, and it was it's their it was their anniversary, and they got all in their original outfits, and went and picked up some food, and you know stopped and waved, and it was awesome. It was amazing, and then that's yeah, hilarious. Yeah. And uh, thirty five years. Well, see, I was going to say I was for a lot for a lot of people who don't know uh, listeners at home they've been married a long time, so for them to put that together that's that's pretty cute. And Sean, they I heard that you saw him. Uh, I did. You know, Daryl called me yesterday, and it was perfect because we'd just been filming a bunch of stuff at the church, and so I had all my gear with me. And he was like, hey, I'm in my wedding clothes. I need you to come take a picture of me. That's hilarious. <laughs> it's like, well, sure. So 
That's what it is. So I'll, I'll link one. I'll put one on the uh, the show notes page. You guys can see Daryl yeah. and Tanya. They look stunning. Uh, yeah, Tanya, you look beautiful, beautiful, like a like her like a bride. Yeah. So happy so happy anniversary to the Smiths. That's fun. And also a shout out to we're we're taping this podcast here uh, on Tuesday, and it is the it is uh, Stephen Sharon Collard's anniversary this yeah. fine day. So shout out to them as well. We know they are. We know there are out there listening. Uh, yeah, fellow I think forty-one beholders. years. That's amazing. That's amazing. And for all the people that are married and in quarantine together, we know that these times are can be trying <laughs> for those marriages. But what a great time to to just to have your um, your marriage tested and to grow together and to maybe try some new things. Like maybe yeah, maybe everyone should go in the closet and get their get their old. Uh, Wedding outfits back yeah. on, see if they fit. <laughs> <laughs> but shout out to all the marriages. We know you guys are going through it, and uh, we're praying for you. And um, we this love is you. we love you. Yeah, I love it. Speaking of which, uh, now I feel like I have to announce this. On Monday, it is my own wedding anniversary. Aww. Wow. So yeah, if any of y'all got any fun ideas for how to have a really fun uh, anniversary, Walsh well, Shelter in place. I'm all ears. Hit me up. Love yeah. to hear from you. Love it. All right. So let's talk about uh, where we are at um, in the Bible. We are on Sundays back in our Romans teaching series. And we had previously left off after going through Romans 9 and 10. And now we're in Romans 11. So we're taking that first chunk of Romans 11 and reading about how Paul is telling us um, about Israel's rejection and how God used that for his purposes. So I'm just curious, uh, Dan and Jason, as you guys were listening to Charlie teach from this chunk on Sunday, what are some things that um, yeah, kind of came out to you or some things that you were thinking about as you were listening? Yeah, I mean, there's so much to get into. The The piece for me that that really jumped out was just just the the conversation of grace and how, how Paul is bringing our attention to the grace of God and kind of starts in verse five um, by talking about the, the people of God being chosen by grace. And then in verse six, he says, uh, if it is by grace, then it is no longer on the basis of works. Otherwise, otherwise grace would no longer be grace. Mm. And to me that, that just brought to mind so many places in, in Paul's writings where where he just highlights grace. And one of the things that Charlie gave us to consider for this week was just how in the Western church, we tend to have our religious experience. We, we, we love to, to have it be based in works. We love to make our standing with God, our favor with God, our justification with God based on the things we do. And, Paul is pointing out the example of Israel and and how that is something that we need to carry forward as well is that if we if we put it all on on the law all on on our works on the things that we do our good works we're leaving grace and grace is no longer grace abandoning we're abandoning grace and yeah. and man there's so many places in scripture that Paul just speaks to that and that was something that really was driven home for me and just I've been kicking around the last couple of days is that our confidence is only found in the finished work of Christ. 
There's nothing that we can do um, to be to. Uh, we don't bring anything to the table when it comes to our salvation, our justification, right. and that is such a, a key gospel truth that we just need to constantly be preaching to ourselves. Yeah, uh, man, Dan, that is so good, and you're so right that we need to be preaching these things to ourselves through our own hearts and minds um, as we pray through these things, as we um, renew ourselves before God, and it's just that that idea of realigning or redefining these things and, and our ideas of truth. And it, with grace, I love just that picture that, that Paul paints of what is grace? You know, like if, if grace is based on works, then grace would not be grace. And I just love that thinking about that and God's grace for us in the midst of coronavirus or in the midst of our busy lives and all the things we have going on. Like man, if 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 I were to take my perception of of what works are, what worth is, and try to paint grace with that, it would no longer be grace. You know, we'd be abandoning grace, and we're basically just modern day Israelites. Yeah, and what so what I love because you said you know we said we abandon grace, and that there's that's then we head down a road that basically by default we we seek other things out to replace grace which is performance based so when we do that we also abandon unconditional love right because mm-hmm. man i mean if if we if yeah i never understood that concept of well, for years like god's love is unconditional but you know i we you know we've always been just exposed to what is conditional love on a human level so it's hard to to figure that out but what he does is if once we're adopted into the family of God, once I've been justified and I now stand in grace, then forever God no longer looks at my character and my nature or my works and my performances. If he did, I mean, if you just just from knowing me, you guys know me, if he's looking at my character and my nature and he's looking at how Jason performs every single day, then it would have to be conditional. If he's using that as the means to determine with he, whether he loves me or continues to give me salvation, but it doesn't work like that. He he says, I'll look from this point on at Jesus's character and his nature and his finished work on the cross. And as a result of that, I, I can love you in such a manner that it's unconditional. Does yeah. that, that kind of, what does that do? No, for that's so, that's so huge because if you, if you look at, it doesn't matter what you look at. If you look at God's love for his, his people, uh, you know, the nation of Israel, if you look at, the love that we experience as as Gentiles yeah. now, it's not based on anything we do. It, God, remember, God is love. He just is love. And when Charlie was talking about when he got to verses five and six uh, in in Romans uh, eleven, it really made me think of Ephesians two. And this is going to be a familiar passage for a lot of people, but but just pick it pick it up with me in verse four. It says it says God being rich in mercy. Because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. And then later on, he says, it is by grace you are saved, not by works. It's not anything that you do. It's not anything you bring to the table. And the reason for that is so that nobody can boast. The reason for that is, is God wants to show his, his loving kindness and mercy and he wants to show 
really to to the world that we are his workmanship that and that's where our, our worth and our value come from so that was something that really came to to mind for me that was really powerful and and we see so we see God's amazing grace really flowing from his 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 love yeah that's just who he is yeah Dan thank you that that is who he is those are the depths of his love for us and, you know, I was reminded as I was listening to you and I encourage anybody else listening, um, as you're thinking about unconditional love and God's love for us and Jesus's love for us, you know, Dan and Jason, you're both married as well. And, um, you know, it's, it's easy for in the context of our marriages, at least it is for me, maybe it's just me, um, to forget what that picture of unconditional love truly looks like. You know, I'm sure that you, like me, have done things wrong to your wife and vice versa. You've been wronged by each other. Um, So man, my encouragement to anyone listening and for the three of us would be that as we look at our spouse in those moments, um, that we would, like you just said, see Christ and see Christ's love for us. And through that, be able to uh, display that same unconditional love um, to our spouse. Because ultimately, you know, I'm reading right now, rereading the meaning of marriage. And you know, Keller talks about the essence of marriage being Christ and following that example. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're in those moments and you're struggling in your marriage or relationship um, and you feel like you've been wronged and your temptation is to uh, lash out or your temptation is to run, um, whatever it may or be, or withdraw love, a yeah, or withdraw give, love, give them the cold shoulder, yeah, whatever that looks like um, for how you deal with with hurt, um, man. Remember that Christ endured great agony. Um, Christ went through our suffering, and He was God in the flesh. He could have removed Himself from that situation. Um, if He responded to that in the same way that many of us want to respond to our hardships. Surely he would have ran from this undeserved pain, but he didn't. He chose to stay. So with that picture of that suffering and that sacrifice, just be an encouragement to you in your marriage and give you strength and hope as well. That's good. So one thing, um, you were talking a lot about unconditional love and God's love, but one characteristic of God that we haven't talked about yet is his sovereignty. So as you guys are listening or reading through um, Romans 11, did anything strike home with you regarding uh, just God's sovereignty and his plan for Israel? Well, in the first four verses of chapter 11, Paul talks, he, he quotes some uh, passage from first, first Kings and Charlie encouraged us to go and read chapter 18 and 19. And there's some really amazing, fascinating stuff in there. If you haven't gotten a chance to do that, make some time this week and what Paul is getting at with this is he's 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 referencing this uh, this story, and Charlie did a good job of of summarizing it of Elijah versus versus Baal and the prophets of Baal and the God of Israel versus uh, this fake God of of Baal, and there's this showdown, and uh, Elijah calls down fire. the The prophets of Baal are unable to do that. And it's just this dramatic, epic display of God's power. And Elijah leaves there, and he kind of goes into the wilderness, and he's he's in sorrow. He, he's depressed. He's depressed. Yeah. Um, and and Paul, that's what Paul's quoting. He's quoting this lament. 
He's saying, God, I'm the only one left. Your people continue to reject you and your word, even after this amazing display of your power. And this is something, I don't know, just a little sidebar. I don't know if anyone, if you, if, if anyone, our listeners have ever felt that way, like you're like, you're alone, like you're the Mm -hmm. only one that is standing up for, for uh, God and, 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 and what's right and good. That's something that kind of, I was kicking around too, but, but Elijah calls out to God and he said, he says, what's the deal? But then in verse four, God gives this reply. And, and this is such a, this is where the sovereignty of God really comes in. He says, I've kept for myself a remnant. Mm. And there's these, there's this group of people, the 7,000 people that, that I will keep for myself and I will carry my promise forward. Mm -hmm. God said, I I will do this and nothing is going to stop it. And that is something that even to this, to this day, and, and that's what Paul says, he's like, even now. There's there's a remnant. Even now, there is there is a, a people that I'm being call, that that I'm calling for myself right. in order to carry my promise forward. And God's sovereignty, man, we just got to keep that at the forefront of our mind because we ultimately know that He He is in control and that He He's always going to do what He said He was going to do. Right. And so it doesn't matter what what sorrow we're in. Right? What? What doesn't matter. What our lament is, if we're in pain, if we're dealing with sickness, if things are just feel like they're flying out of control, or we're, we're the only one left. It feels like for God, everything is perfectly just as as it. He's not shaken. He's not shaken. Like no. he, and to me, that that was so powerful just to see that called out. And and then Jesus, I think about Matthew twenty eight. Jesus before he he finishes his earthly ministry, he's he's risen. And then he's gonna head. He's heading home, and that's where he says that you know, in, in, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Yeah. And let me give me. Let me give you this final command: go as you go, or go and make disciples. But that that idea, he's he is speaking to that sovereignty when he says all authority. Authority. He's talking. Uh, you know, power and might and sovereign. You know, his sovereignty is now back. I'm back in my rightful spot. Hmm. And then in all authority, all in heaven and earth. So heaven and earth is speaking to that cosmic jurisdiction. There's nothing higher than than him. So he's the hmm. final authority. He's not caught off guard uh, in one with the, the Spirit and the Father, you know, in, in unity. And so they're not shaken at all. And, that, and that's that's reassuring, right, guys? I mean, I feel like... No doubt. I was looking at, uh, this might be another resource we want to add, Sean, to this, is the New City Catechism. Have you guys done that or checked that out? That's a great app. They have a a book, but um, it's just a great catechism to to memorize, question and answer. And like the question that talks about God, and it listens to the response, what is God? Or Question number two, what is God? And it says, God is the creator and the sustainer of everyone and everything. He is eternal, infinite, and unchangeable in his power and perfection, goodness and glory, wisdom, justice, and truth. Nothing happens except through him and by his will. So that's a God that's not shaken or uh, caught off guard. He's never anxious um, by any of these things. So, yeah. Man, reading that, that or just listening to you, that, that, that just leads me to worship and praise. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, love, I love Charlie... When he ended the the message, he 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 read some lyrics from a song we sang, and it says, uh, "And on that day, 
when my strength is failing and the end draws near and my time has come, still my soul will sing your praise and ending 10,000 years and then forevermore. So when we think about God and, and his, his grace and his love and his sovereignty yeah. and how that, that has been displayed throughout the generations, it, man, it just, it, it helps us endure. It helps mm-hmm. us have strength, uh, to, to, to make it through whatever, whatever it is all the way until that moment when, when even when our strength is failing. Right. Yeah. It's mm. really good. Beautiful. You know, Jason, I, I'm actually kind of glad that you brought up Matthew 28 and the great commission, because as you were just reading that, uh, it kind of stuck out to me um, what Jesus told them to do. You know, he told them to go and make disciples of all the nations and baptize them. But then he says, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. And it's interesting how, you know, you can't do that. You can't observe what Jesus teaches or follow his teachings if you don't know his teachings, right? Right. Which for me poses the question, it kind of gets into like, man, how are we defining truth right now? You know, Dan, earlier you mentioned how Western religion were so, uh, put such an emphasis on our works. But I would say even Western culture as a whole, we're so consumed with our worth being tied to what we do or what we've, what we've done and accomplished. Um, this generation and this culture, we're also so consumed with this idea of acceptance or you accepting my truth. And clearly out there in the world, um, there's a lot of confusion about truth and about where we are getting our influences from. Right. Which that makes me think about what Tim did on Sunday. He gave us a very uh, vivid and live depiction of the idea of flipping the table. So Jason, do you want to give us a little refresher on that? Yeah. I, well, what I gathered from that, I was as in his analogy is that he was saying oftentimes as in our human nature and as we're navigating life on this side of eternity, we will end up setting a table for ourselves or you might call it foundations in front of us where there are things that of things that, you know, maybe relationships, uh, careers, family could be good things, could be sinful things, but things that we will inevitably put our hope in other than Christ and, and without even thinking. And then all of a sudden we look or, or a, a song or a sermon or the word or prayer wakes us up or shakes us. And we look at what have we been putting our hope in getting our, like um, Sean, you say often, our identity, our value, our worth from. And and he challenges us, man, we, some of that stuff needs to be stopped right now and just flip the table upside upside down. So that's that's what I, is that what you guys gathered from that? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I thought I kind of asked or thought asked you guys and I was thinking to myself, well, sometimes we we flip the, that table and then all of a sudden we'll you know without thinking we'll set the table again, right? So why do we do that kind of stuff? And I I, I texted these guys some um, five. I think I think it has to do with the voices and Sean's what you're saying voices of authority really that we listen to other than Christ and. There's five here. You guys have those? Yeah. Why don't Why don't you just just read through those those five and and listeners at home can just be can take it take it as an opportunity to just do some evaluation and yeah. just think, am I am I am I valuing these things in my life? Am I am I putting them over God and His Word? Because some of these things that you're going to read, they're they're not inherently bad or evil, right. and they do have a place in our lives, but we 
you know, the Bible talks about this idea of, of, of idolatry and it's, and it's, our God is a jealous God. It's he, he wants first place in our life. He wants to be the central priority in our lives and he's worthy and deserving of that. And so sometimes maybe as you just read these, Jason, we can just kind of look and see, are we, do we need to, to make war on some of these things in our lives and, and make sure that they're not influencing us over God and his word? Yeah, so let me. I'll read. I'll just read all five, but they're basically act, they act as voices of authority. And so, the number one is culture and subcultures. So as we make decisions and we think about our value, worth, and um, purpose, so often, oftentimes we're listening to what the culture says. What does the culture, current culture, or subculture say about that? Number two is tradition and history. We'll often say, well, what is what have we always done, or what is what's traditionally done here or how to as I make this decision or as I evaluate my my value worth. Uh, number three is family and friends. We'll use what does my family say or what do my friends say concerning who I am, what I should do, how I should give my what should I give my value to, whether or not I should be accepted or not. Uh, number four is emotion. A lot of times we'll use emo- or you can think of them of feelings and experience. So how what do I how do I feel about this situation or how do I feel about my value or worth or my identity, or what's my, been my past experiences with when it comes to X, Y, or Z. And then the fifth one is logic and reason. Uh, what what makes the most sense to me, or what you know, as I think this through, what is it? What re, what seems most logical on what to do or how I should handle the situation? And so again, culture and subcultures. Two, tradition and history. Three, family and friends. Four emotion and experience, and five, logic and reason. All those things given by God for us to navigate life with. But oftentimes, like Dan was saying, they end up speaking, we end up um, yielding to them even in, when at times they go against the Word of God. Yeah, yeah. Good. Some good things to think about there. That's yeah, really good. And I think it's a good tie-in because, you know, right now we are in Romans 11, but pretty soon we're going to be in Romans 12 which brings to mind Romans 12, verse 2. Um, I'll just read it to you. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. So, man, maybe that's an encouragement for all you listeners and for us three ourselves. Um, As you go about your weeks, maybe... Take 10 minutes and just sit and pray through these five things. We'll put them in the show notes and do some testing. Yeah. Do some testing and, and good. you know, trusting that God is going to help you to discern what his will is. Maybe he'll bring to light some of those things that are influencing your uh, perception of truth or reality or your worth in um, negative ways. That's good. Good. That's a good charge. Hey, before before we close the, the chapter on this whole flipping the table thing, I got a bone to pick. With uh, with with the Reverend Tim Barley, okay. While now, while flipping the table was a poignant uh, visual reminder. Whose table was it? it, it you know <laughs> that that table. Let me tell you out there, my wife Emily, her grandfather made that table Whoa. in in high school wood shop. You're joking. I'm not joking. I'm not joking. <laughs> and so it's like a it's a family heirloom. Essentially, wow! And so <laughs> I knew that it was your table. Yeah, yeah. We, we've met in your yeah, office yeah. many times. We, so, so it's it. You know, Tim, you might be hearing from from uh, Emily's side of the family. They might be. Uh, they might send you a bill. I don't know. 
But hey, man, he's just flipping the table on family and tradition, you know? Family oh, and tradition. very there nice. Yeah. Very nice. <laughs> oh, boy. All right, so I think we're getting ready to end uh, this episode of Behold, but if you guys have any wrap-up thoughts or encouragements or maybe some um, some prayer exercises people can be doing as they uh, chew on this last chunk of Romans and also leading into um, continuing the book of Romans. One of the things that maybe it would be helpful for people to think about is this idea of uh, a veil can be in front of our hearts that prevents us from seeing the glory of God in the face of Christ. And Charlie referenced second Corinthians chapter four, where that this, this, this can be in place for, for the nation of Israel when they read even the the when they read the accounts of Moses, when they read the the ancient uh, scriptures, they're they're blinded from seeing what's actually there because there's a veil in their hearts. And so, wherever you are in your journey, like, and I know there's some people that listen to this podcast that are investigating Christianity, that they're they're trying to figure out what they believe about who Jesus is and what he claims. And, or, or maybe you have people, hopefully you have people in your life that don't know Jesus yet, and you can be praying that that veil is lifted. Yeah. But one of the things that Charlie said that no matter where we are, I mean, even even if by chance there uh, we have some Jewish friends on here listening, it doesn't matter where you are in your spiritual journey, the veil is only lifted in Christ. When it's, for all of us. For all of us, wherever you wherever you are. It's only coming. It's only by coming to Christ that you're able to see the scriptures as they t- t- what what they're actually pointing to, and to see what reality is actually about. And so that's just a great thing I think for us to to, to linger on and, and kick around. And if you are listening to this to this podcast and you haven't trusted Christ yet, if you haven't come to Him um, in a personal way. We would love to just reach out to to anybody on staff here. We'd love to to talk you through like what does it mean to 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 come to Christ and have that veil lifted, and we are praying for you that that would be that, that God would cause that experience to happen in your life. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, and I'm, Dan, I'm grateful that you that in talking this out, we're like we're saying this is true for all of us. We all need this grace, and we all all continue to enjoy and stay in harmony with God by his grace. And even when the veil is lifted for us, we can still, though, in the midst of that, slip back into placing our hope in in other things and not and not being transformed or renewed in our minds, but being but conforming to the world. I mean that, that's what Sean read earlier that we're not to be conformed by uh, one translation is the patterns of the world. The world has a way of, for us to think about every avenue of life. And to counter that, God says, "Be get get my mind, be transformed and renewed in the in your in your mind uh, by thinking like me." And so we've all got to keep coming back to that on a regular basis. And I think you know one thing for me is I'm looking at these five arenas of influence, and I I know by nature uh, just in in looking at this and, and counseling people over the years in these five um, voices of influence that we mentioned earlier, that by our personalities and our backgrounds, we'll often lean towards being susceptible to one or two of them. And so 
at any given time, it's important for me to stop and say and pray through these and say, am I putting uh, inappropriate and ungodly um, stock in these voices of authority, in, in my feelings and emotions or what certain things in culture are saying to me right now? And so to stop and pray through that is so I think that's important and ask God to reveal that to me. So that's one. And then maybe just thinking about, um, you know, memorizing Romans 12, uh, you know, I would remember one, one and two, Romans 12, one and two, and just, and ask God to renew your mind. That word for to be transformed is completely metamorphosed. That's where you get metamorphosed and completely transformed in the way we think and feel and act. So how's that? Is that good? Right on. Yeah. That's really good. Um, and just, Coming out of that, and as a last charge to people listening, man, as you end this podcast and as you go about your weeks, as it says in Romans 12, and rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, and be constant in prayer. And through that, man, invite the Lord to flip your table if that's what's needed. We totally get it. We've all been through this. It's not always the most comfortable thing to have your table flipped and need to evaluate the ways that we're off kilter when it comes to our perspective. But God is a friend. You know, like it says in Proverbs, faithful are the wounds of a friend. And to quote Keller, like a surgeon, friends cut you in order to heal you. And sometimes God allows us to go through things that hurt us, but he also uses those things to grow us and to heal us. Mm. It's good. Amen. It's good. All right, guys, thanks for listening to Behold this week. We hope that this has been a blessing and an encouragement to you. As always, uh, us with you together, we're all working to better behold the beauty of Jesus in our daily lives. Dan, what you got? Yeah, just don't don't forget to, to check out the show notes and hit us up. We'd love to, to for you to share, share the podcast with your friends, um, rate us, review us. Subscribe. It it really helps other people uh, find the podcast. And also, we love we love to get listener questions. So as you're listening to the sermon this week uh, on the live stream, jot down some notes, some questions, some things you want us to kick around on the podcast, and you can send us send it to us at um, behold at vbc online. Right, John? Indeed. Okay. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. We will see you next week. Peace. Bye. Thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe for future episodes of Behold. If you would like more information about Valley Bible Church, or if you'd like resources from this episode, go ahead and check out vbc.online forward slash behold. Catch you guys next week.